uh, my youngest daughter, uh, Maddie, Madeline is her name, we call her Maddie, is uh, 10 years old. Now, when she, she's got quite the personality, if you've had a chance to talk with Maddie. Um, she uh, tends to be a little spitfire sometimes, and she's always been that way, even since she was a little baby. Actually, the easiest baby that we had of the three, um, but she is, uh, I, I see many challenges uh, in her future. But um, we love Maddie, we love her personality, she's the kind that could be president someday, you know what I mean? So, uh, Maddie had a, a very... Um, interesting idea when she was a, a toddler, a young toddler. And I can remember uh, one of my favorite things about having uh, children was, and you guys are going to laugh, but uh, maybe some of you men will understand. In the middle of the night, Sarisa would have to get up and do the feeding, you know. And uh, she would always sit on the side of the bed and as probably she, she didn't want to go into the nursery because she was like, well, if I'm going to be up, he's going to be up. <clears throat> so, you know, no, she didn't think that. But she would sit on the side of the bed, and she would rock, you know, bounce and pat. Bounce and pat. Some of you remember that? Bouncing and patting. And, uh, man, that was one of my favorite things because she would just bounce me right to sleep, you know. She, she was bouncing and patting the baby, and she would stop to put the baby down, and I'd say, no, 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 keep going. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. And uh, Maddie grew up, all of our children had that, but Maddie grew up thinking everybody wanted to be patted. It was just a thing. She, she would put a blanket on the dog, and she would begin to pat the dog like it's time to go to sleep. Um, and we had a, a cat, a, a male cat, I can remember, and uh, she would put the blanket on the— and you know cats. I mean, they don't really want to be patted, ever. And uh, I can remember she would put the blanket over the, the animals, and um, the dog was fine. And, um, she, we had a, a great day named Riley, and she was just sweet as honey and uh, would never harm a fly. But the cat— you could never trust a cat. Um, those of you who have been around cats know what I mean. And, and she would put the blanket on the cat, and I'd say, Now, Maddie, you, you can't pat the cat. The cat does not want you to pat it. And she would look at me and be like, Well, I'm going to pat the cat anyway, you know. And um, that went on for a few days, and nothing was happening. And I, but every time I'd say, That cat is going to get you. Don't trust the cat, um, and the, the cat's going to get you. And I can remember one day she, she put the blanket on the cat, and the cat just wasn't having it that day. She reached down to pat the cat, and that cat, I mean, just in a split second, reached around, jumped up, and smacked her uh, with the, her paw, gave her a little scratch, and she, of course she was devastated by, because the cat, she thought she was doing the cat a favor, and the cat did not want any part of it. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was a, a funny episode, and it wasn't, she didn't get injured or anything, don't think that, but uh, the point is, is that I was trying to give her some guidance I was trying to point her in the right direction. I was trying to, to tell her. And, and I've learned with, uh, with children, they don't always accept your guidance. Um, that, you know, I've made some mistakes. I want to help you avoid those mistakes. And I think sometimes they look at me and say, well, I want to make those same mistakes. Can't I make those mistakes? So, you know, and that's uh, the joy of parenting sometimes. Um, when Jesus prepared to leave the earth, he kind of gave us a, a similar promise he said he would send somebody to help and advise us. A lot like I was trying to keep Maddie in the right direction, trying to keep her from getting hurt, trying to point her in the right direction. Jesus was saying, I have someone who's going to come. He's going to be a counselor for you. He's, he's going to be a helper for you in Jesus' absence. He, he didn't want to just take off and, and leave us to ourselves. So uh, today, and this is exciting for me, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. Anybody, did you grow up hearing about the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I say the word Holy Ghost, and some of you look at me like, um, I'm not quite sure what to go with this. Uh, honey, get the car started. 
um, I thought I might get some strange looks. It's, it's funny how if we talk, you know, we say Holy Spirit a lot. We talk about the Holy Ghost. Uh, it elicits a different reaction from people. Um, people begin to get uptight, uh, maybe a little worried, uh, concerned. I mean, I felt like maybe as I began today's message, and in particular this series, uh, this, I can't even call it a series right now. It's just this direction. I need to have a, 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 warner, a warning label, you know, in front. Uh, today's sermon may not be appropriate for some viewers. Um, I don't know if any of you have, have paid attention to the history of the Church of the Nazarene. If, if, you've know, if you know anything about it, if you've taken any history classes, if, um, if you have studied it at all, uh, we began as the Pentecostal Church of the Nazarene. Uh, which is interesting. The, the name was changed along the way so that our theology as a, a, a Wesleyan holiness church wouldn't get confused with some of the independent movements in, in the day. But there's plenty of Holy Spirit activity that happened before that time and since that time. Um, changing the name doesn't change who we are. And I have to tell you, if you read the history of our the, the Nazarene church you'll see that man there were some exciting things that happened there were some mighty moves of the spirit in our midst there, there was times when uh, camp meetings you guys know we have family camp here well that that really is a camp meeting they would have camp meetings that would last for uh, hours if not days and they would worship and praise God and they would uh, just find themselves lost in the spirit they, preaching would last for several hours. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know if I want the Spirit, if, if it means hours of preaching. Don't worry, we've got until 2 o'clock, first game today, right? So we'll be good, uh, plenty of time. Um, preaching would last for hours, and, and really it wasn't all left up to just the pastor. Anybody who had a word from God would, would get up and begin to speak and, and to give their testimony about what God's doing in their life and how He's moved in them and how the Spirit has moved them. They would serve communion at every meeting. In fact, that was one of John Wesley. He believed in, uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but the, he wrote a sermon called The Means of Grace, and he talks about the different uh, ways that we can attend the grace of God in our lives. And if God is going to give us his grace, shouldn't we attend to the ways that his grace comes to us? And for him, he, he talks about communion being one of those ways, and he says we have a duty to constant communion. Not meaning that you should carry a cup and, and bread around, but that as often as we can, we should take communion. Um, many churches, I guess churches in general, Church of the Nazarene, the one I grew up in, in fact, we had communion once a year. Looking back, I think, why, why do we only have it once a year? And at our church, we have communion once a month, and um, which in some circles is even more is more radical but uh, I would do it every week like I just I want us to have communion and they would do it at every meeting um, it, it wasn't uh, rare but it was common to have church meetings where people would get excited filled with the spirit begin to shout even begin to dance or run uh, you might have heard stories from some of the old-time Nazarenes where they would run the aisles um, I know a guy from uh, Missouri uh, a dear personal friend of mine in fact if anybody was ever just sanctified holy um he was i'm saying sanctified holy the wh and just h you know he's sanctified all the kinds of ways you can be a uh, sweet sweet man of god he told me that um in his uh, younger years he would get excited the holy spirit would begin to move and he would run the pews 
And I said, what do you mean run the pews? He said, well, the pews. I just run along the backs of the pews and just, you know, excited what God was doing. And I just look at this guy and I think, my goodness, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that would work. But listen, some of those things I'll bet you even happened in this church some excitement, some spirit-filled times, some mighty men and women of God talking about the Holy Spirit. As a cultured community, we've gotten away from all of the Holy Spirit stuff. We, we've kind of put it aside and, and become cultured. We've, been, we've become more refined. Now, please don't get me wrong. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to elicit fake or false emotions. I don't want us to have... I, and please, if you get up and start running around... <laughs> It's got to be filled with the Spirit, okay? Because we're not going to have confusion. I, don't get me wrong. I don't want our, our, our faith to be based on feeling or emotion. It can't be. But if we're filled with the Holy Spirit and, we, and, and He just has to come out of us, then He's going to come out in, in sometimes emotional ways. And I think that's okay. What is it about the Holy Spirit that makes us uncomfortable? What is it about the Holy Spirit that makes us squirm in our seats? Do we believe that the Holy Spirit is intended for us? Or do we think He is some optional activity that's part of the Christian faith? Do we believe that, that He really is meant for you and for me? Or is He something that we're like, you know, I just don't think I want any Holy Spirit today. That's fine. I'm having a refined day. I'm going to sit here, sip my coffee. Do we believe that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity? Or do we believe that he's some lesser being? One we're not really too sure we believe in. I've got to tell you that um, just groundwork, and this is, this is where we're starting today. We're starting with who is the Holy Spirit? Many of us grew up talking about the Holy Ghost. Who is he? Is he somebody that can help us walk on water? Or is he somebody that helps us live a spirit? a um, holy life who is the Holy Spirit that's that's really w where we're talking about today the Holy Spirit is we believe that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity that makes God Father Son Holy Spirit all equal all the same but separate at the same time impossible to understand without having faith we just don't, we, we can't, uh, but we can't assign him as a separate entity. He is God. He is the Spirit of God. And, and when you pray and when you get, when, you, when you're praying and you just, and you, I would say, get filled with the Spirit, when you begin to, to get the goosebumps and, and uh, you begin to feel like, oh man, there's, there's something and I can't, it's the Holy Spirit. That's when he has a chance to, um, to, to commune with your, with your soul. Maybe we think the Holy Spirit's just to really believe would mean we have to lose control. And we don't want to give up control. Heaven forbid that we give up control. Because I want to have control in my life. Or maybe we feel like, well, the Holy Spirit, He's going to take away everything fun in my life. I have to tell you, and this is something that you just have to experience a life filled with the Spirit. To, I, I can't make you understand this, but my life is more full the more, the, the closer I get to him. 
I haven't missed a single thing from the days when I was far from him. I don't miss it. Listen, I don't want today to be something that beats us down, okay? The fact that we're given the Holy Spirit as a gift should encourage us and, and lift our spirits. I think we need to be careful not to abuse the Holy Spirit, to, to neither disregard him nor to use him to feel good. He is who helps us live the life God has called us to, and he's nothing new. Like we read about him in Acts chapter 2, and we're like, oh, look, here's something new. But that's not true. We can go all the way back to the second chapter, uh, the second verse in the Bible, Genesis 1-2. It, it says that he hovered over the waters. The Holy Spirit was there. In Psalm 51, David pleads that God does not take the Spirit away from him. In Micah 3, uh, the prophet proclaimed that he was filled with the power uh, with the Spirit. In Matthew 1.18, the Holy Spirit made a baby with uh, Mary. He's everywhere. In Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist tells the world that while he baptizes with water, someone's coming who will baptize in the Spirit. In Luke chapter 3, the Spirit descended like a dove. You remember that? As Jesus was baptized. I mean, we could go on and on with the list. I just want you to know that he's not at any particular place in the Bible. He's all over the Bible. And as I talk about this this morning, by the way, I, I'm reminded I forgot the uh, notes for today's message are in the, our app, the church app, um, the Lantana Community Church app, or you can go to the Bible app and find the live event for today. And a lot of these things I'm talking about are there. Martin Luther said this, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel enlightened me with his gifts sanctified and kept me in the true faith even as he calls gathers enlightens and sanctifies the whole christian church on earth and keeps it with jesus christ in the one true faith i cannot by my own reason believe in jesus in my own strength it only happens with the holy spirit Holy Spirit can be so much more than we allow Him to be in our lives. Man, i got to hurry. That was all the introduction. Let's get on to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. This is Jesus talking. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things 
and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Isn't that awesome? And, and that's not just for them. That's for us. The Holy Spirit is our witness, for, is, is Jesus' witness to us. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Okay, three things I want us to, want us to take away today um, in learning who the Holy Ghost is. The world does not know him, but we do. <coughs> the world doesn't know him, but we do. He is the counselor. He's a counselor. Remember, um, I, my whole youth ministry was based on uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. We, we call ourselves fearless youth. Um, and, and I just want to remind you of this here. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Timothy had the spirit in him. The Holy Spirit, our counselor, and if you go to the Greek word, it's paraclete. Many of you have heard that before. Um, I, may, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, paraclete. Uh, and it literally means helper. So when he, he says counselor, the, the uh, way that we could translate that uh, from Greek into helper, he gives us the ability to make decisions. See, when we face trials, when we face temptations, he shows us which way to go. In any given situation, he will guide you. He's going to tell you what, Je he's Jesus' witness, right? Every, Jesus said, everything I have done, the Holy Spirit is my witness. So he's going to show us how Jesus wants us to handle those things. He is the one who will guide you, who will lead you in the right way. He's going to help you. He's not going to, to not give you the direction. And when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, about being sanctified, about living the second work of grace, however you want to call it, the Holy Spirit comes in us and allows us, teaches us, shows us how to live the life that Jesus has called us to. Jesus didn't just say, here's the way I want you to live, and all right, here we go, see y'all later. He said, Jesus said, I want you to live like this, but I'm going to do you one better. I'm not just going to tell you, I'm going to give you somebody who's going to help you do that. The word helper, paraclete. Jesus is offering the guidance of someone who's going to take his place on this earth. That's the Holy Spirit's job. See, Jesus, as the other part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Jesus, in, in flesh, the, the human form, he could not be everywhere at all the time because he's flesh. Oh, but wait, he can be everywhere all the time because he's Holy Spirit. See, the Trinity gets tricky, but it's awesome. So Jesus, but he didn't leave. He said, here, Holy Spirit's gonna help you. Jesus is physically absent, but present in spirit. See, this, the Spirit is, this is cool too, the Spirit's going to continue to advocate for you to God. He's your advocate. We need an advocate, man. I need some, yeah, I try to tell my kids that too. <clears throat> man, when my kids are growing up, I don't know what I'm going to talk about anymore. Theresa and I have, um, we catch ourselves, <laughs> so we're trying to stop. This is parenting we're trying to stop parenting this way so i'll catch one of the kids you know doing something they left the door open well 
Caden, I'll pick on him, eight years old. Caden, shut the door. Why aren't you shutting the door? And Miss Reese will be like, yeah, you should have shut the door. And I'll be like, yeah, why didn't you shut the door? And she says, yeah, and you're going to get in trouble if you don't shut the door. You know, like we kind of tag team, and they're saying to themselves, man, I just want to advocate. Can't somebody be on my side? And so we're trying to not gain, we want one of us to be the advocate now. We're trying to, to get to that place. But that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. We need an advocate. We need somebody to be in front of, the devil's accusing us. He's the one saying, hey, what about this? And look at this, and hey, this. And the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, God can't see any of that. Cal has been covered by the blood of Jesus. And I am here to tell you, God, that he has been redeemed, and you can see nothing. <laughs> as far as the east is from the west, right? That's how far he cast, or into the sea of forgetfulness to never be remembered. I get chills thinking about it. The Holy Spirit is our advocate to God. And he's going to continue to be our advocate and will be our advisor. So the one who speaks to the one that we breathe stars, the God, the awesomeness, is speaking to me. <laughs> That's awesome, man. He, he's the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the embodiment of all things true, including the way to God. Listen, if people start to talk to you about other ways to get to God, you're going to know that they're not spirit-filled. Because the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, is going to show you how to get to God. He's going to take you there. He's going to lead you there. He's going to give you the direction. And if people are saying the wrong things, you, can, you know, oh, well, they're not, Spirit's not helping them. Listen, the world's searching for truth. We've come to a place where everything, that, if you want to think it, it can be true for you. Whatever you want, that's your truth. And that's why it's so hard for them to accept the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's saying, I'm the truth. Let me lead you to the truth. This is what it is. There is an absolute truth, people. We have to realize that and understand that. But also, you don't want to be dogmatic about that and go to your friend and be like, oh, that's absolutely, you're sinning. <laughs> because the absolute truth says this. That's where we get into situations and we say, Holy Spirit, guide me. Guide me. Let them see your truth in me. How many times has that happened? Somebody comes and says, oh, man, I just, I see you. I see, I see how God works. In, or they don't say God. Something different about you. There's something peaceful about you, the way that you live. Oh, man, let me show you who the spirit of truth is. He lives with you. He will be in you. How does he live in you? We, we talked about this at teen camp, uh, teen camp at the uh, winter retreat. How, how does the Holy Spirit, do we shove him in a little box and we just, you know, can't really do that, right? Our, our spirit lives in communion with the Holy Spirit. Our spirit lives in, in a, a symbiotic relationship with Him. Somehow, He gets into our soul because we're listening to Him and we're walking with Him and we're living in communion with Him and we're talking with Him. And You understand? You don't put Him in a little box and shove Him inside you. You live with Him and then He begins to take over you. It's one of the things that we take by faith. This is how he lives with us. And, and, and when he's living with us and in us, he begins to work through us. And it's through you that the world will know him. Because you begin to act in ways that are in compliance with the Holy Spirit. And then the world says, oh, there's something peaceful going on here. There's something different. There's, so, there's something true Jesus says, he tells the disciples, it's not going to be long before the world sees me anymore, but don't worry. 
I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. He and the Father are one. This is cool. Jesus and the Father are one, right? We are in Jesus. Jesus is in us. Jesus is in the Father. Man, hold on. Just wait a minute. So the, the Almighty God, the one who created, the one who said one day, you know what? Let there be light. Boom. There it is. The one who said, I'm going to, I'm going to make some stars. And the psalm says he breathes stars by his spoken word. Oh, man. That God is the same God who's in Jesus, who's in us, who's in, now we're in God? Are you kidding me? That God, Holy Spirit, allows us to have that kind of connection with our God. So if we ever feel like we're not powerful enough, if we ever feel like we just don't have it, like we just can't make it, remember who you are in. Man. I'm getting scared. I, I like, I'm waiting on somebody to start running or something because this is good stuff, man. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he's fuel for loving, right? To love is to obey. Because he lives with us and in us, we can obey him. Now, I need to clarify something here or maybe help us see this because when we hear the word obey I know that if uh, Teresa says because you love me I need you to obey me and go take this trash out <laughs> what <laughs> uh, wait a minute it doesn't quite work like that and God does not expect it like that listen to this the word commands in this sense isn't talking about rules He's not saying, okay, if you obey me, what I, if you obey what I command, here's your list of rules, obey those things, then, then that's good and I'm going to love you. And this is how you prove you love me. That's not what he says. The word commands means a commissioning or direction. A commissioning or direction. If you obey my commissioning or direction, in other words, if, if I'm setting up this direction, I'm commissioning you to live this way, if you love me, then you will live like that. And because, back to the trash, I love Sarisa, she's commissioning me with, with something. It's not a task or a rule or a, if you love me, then you're going to empty the trash. Rule number one, if you love me, you're going to make the bed. That's rule number two. No. She commissions, right? The same thing God does. He gives us a commission. It's a teaching. It's a direction. If you love me, you're going to follow this. This is the way you're going to go. And not because I set up a list of rules. It's because this is the, the teaching. He who, he who follows my teaching is how we want to word that. He who loves me follows my teaching. And that's true for everything, right? I mean, the reason that I have such a good relationship with Teresa and, and know that it's wrong for me to cheat on her is not because she said to me, don't you cheat on me. She said that, but not, not because she said that. That has no bearing on if I do or don't. None at all. None whatsoever. Her saying that affects me, none. But because I love her, and I know that this right, good, proper, Holy Spirit-filled marriage is, is commissioned to go this way 
and I'm following this and this is what God wants and then that's why I don't, right? And that's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to, to follow him by a list of rules. Here's the rules. Do this, one, two, three, four. He says, here's a direction. And, we, and we've said it this way before, if you remember. Um, God is, imagine God and, his, and the love of God is, is like a river. God, th- there's a river and it's flowing. Our job is to find the flow of the river that he has going uh, if it's a song to find the rhythm with God to, we want to sing in tune with God the problem is is that we all have our own rivers we're all the star of our own play if our life is a play I am the star God says man this is, there's this production that's been going on since before time started and this is your part in it will you do that with me we can't be the star of our own production. Some of us have starring roles and some of us have supporting roles. That's just the way God has laid it out. We have to accept what God has called us to do, where he has put us, and that's okay. Find what God's doing. Find his direction. Find his, his, his movement and do that with him. Here's the last thing, and we'll be done. He will teach and remind us Listen, we don't have to do it alone. He didn't send Jesus down to dump a bunch of teaching on us, redeem us, and then retreat back to heaven. Jesus did those things, but he did more. He left the Holy Spirit to linger. I love that word. He left the Holy Spirit to linger. If we come to church on a Sunday morning and we don't, Connect with the Holy Spirit lingering among us, then we need to check our hearts. We need to check our spirit. Holy Spirit, what's going on? He left him to, to live in us, to teach us, to remind us of how to live. If we come together and you find that you have a problem with somebody in the church or something going on in the church or I, I'm, I've been reminded especially since I've doing this recently the scripture says our, our battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities of darkness so I don't want to fight anybody <laughs> argue, disagree I'm praying Holy Spirit fight this for me what is there? How can we clear the atmosphere? You've heard me pray that way. Clear the atmosphere. There is no room for anybody, anything, except our Holy Spirit. I say our, not as in this is God's Spirit, but He's given to us to help us. We have to learn to listen. Our lives get so busy, so busy, we forget the most important thing to listen to Him. To, to hear that still, small voice inside of us. We have to slow down. We have to stop. I can't overstate the importance of taking time to nurture your relationship with the Holy Spirit, to, to spend time to attend to that. My, it's, and this is something that I struggle with because my personality is not that. My personality is to move and to go and to do. So when I, I got a master's degree in spiritual formation, being formed to the image of Christ for the sake of others, that's what they 
taught us, beat into our heads, being formed into the image. Man, that's been so helpful for me because I've realized that some, all the time, you have got to stop. You have got to listen. And I used to think, I'm going to do my time, my devotion time, my whatever you want to call it, my time with God, my quiet, my private. I'm going to do that just sometime during the day. Of course, the day gets away from me, so I'm sure it does with all of you too. I have to stop in the morning, be intentional, and, and get it done. Because I don't see the Holy Spirit like I would Jesus, it takes a little extra special attention. I have to stop. I have to think. I have to imagine. Because He's with me, right? And He's living in me and with me. Our spirits are in communion together. A lot of you know who Jackie Robinson was. He was the first African American to play Major League Baseball. And um, at that time in history, he would go to the stadiums, he would face jeering crowds. Um, you know, they held him to a higher standard. He had to be that much better. And he was often criticized and scrutinized for every little thing that happened. And uh, one day he was playing at his home stadium in Brooklyn. He committed an error at second base. And the crowd just began to, to jeer, to, to um, boo. And, and he, he was standing on the base, committed this error. He was just standing there humiliated. While he was standing there, the shortstop, uh, his name was Pee Wee Reese. You don't hear about him nearly as often. Came over, Pee Wee Reese, stood next to Jackie Robinson, put his arm around him, and stood there, and the, the crowd silenced. Robinson later said that Pee Wee's act of solidarity, that arm around his shoulder, saved his career and gave him the strength to continue playing baseball. You know, and here's the thing. We as Christians, we're often, and you hear this, we're held to higher standards. Uh, people expect more of us. Um, we have struggles of our own, and sometimes people, it seems like they don't understand that. The awesome thing is, is that the Holy Spirit for us is like Pee Wee was for Jackie Robinson. He's going to come around you, and this is cool, man. He's going to say, hey, you're struggling today. I'm sorry, you're just, let me put my arm around you. Let me stand here with you and say, you know, Cal, I love you. Man, thank you for having a relationship with me. And that's how I imagine the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm not trying to minimize him by saying he's peewee. Don't misunderstand. I'm just saying... That, that act of solidarity, that comforting that, that happens in our lives, if you will allow him to move in you like that, and that's, listen, he is so much more than that. He is so much more than just a, um, that's why I put, today, this week we were talking and I, I put something out. He, he's not just there to help us walk on water. He is there to be our comforter. He is there to be our counselor. He is there to show us the right direction. He is there to ease your pain when you have it. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know where you're at. And, and, but he does. He knows. I don't know if you're struggling today to 
allow him to come along and be your counselor and be your comforter and, and stand with you. But if you are, don't leave today without calling on his name. Don't leave today without saying, Holy Spirit, I need you, man. I need you. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to pray in just a moment. Uh, I'm, Gemma's come up. She's gonna. I'm going to ask her to sing a chorus of one of the songs that she's playing. And um, just give a few moments. If you want to pray today, and if you want to call on the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to invite you to do that. You can do that in your seat. You can come to this altar and kneel, but don't leave today if you need Him in your life without calling on Him. Yes, God, we want more of you today. Yes, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we need you today. Just light that fire in our soul. Yes, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we're calling on you this morning. Yes. That's right. Yes, Holy Spirit, set that fire in us. we are kind of wrapping up our time today Holy Spirit we invite you into our into our lives into our souls and however that happens in our in our lives we can't put a scientific thing about how you live in us we want to draw near to you. We want to have communion with you. We want to, to live with you. Holy Spirit, come in us today. We invite you. Help us. Be our counselor. Be our comforter. Be the spirit of truth in us. Help us to love like you loved. I don't know everybody's circumstance today, and I, I'm sure many across are praying. I think my prayer, and this is kind of what I'm feeling, is God, help us to lose control. Help us to lose control. And I'm not talking in about a wild, flamboyant, emotional infilling of your spirit. I'm talking about lose control that we give you the control. We give it up to let you have control. Forgive us for being such a civilized society that we're scared to let you change us like you want to. So Holy Spirit, I just just a few more moments as you are praying across the room today. Holy Spirit, and those here at the altar, be with me, live in me, be my comforter, be my counselor be my guide, be my spirit of truth 
Thank you for coming and putting your arm on me, standing in solidarity with me on those times that I struggle. Thank you for guiding me whenever my path gets off. You have commissioned us into a direction. Help us to walk in that path. And as we, we go in this year now, I, I just, I need to say this. I realize, and, and I hope all of you hear me say this, as we call on the Spirit, the enemy doesn't like it. Oh my goodness, he is going to fight it. You're, you might have battles come up this week, even today. You might have struggles. You might become at odds with a, another Christian brother or sister, and you don't understand it. You might have who knows what's going to happen that enemy's going to dredge those things up remember our battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities of darkness and so god right now and this is how we pray bind the enemy in jesus name he has no authority in our lives he has no authority in my life we ask that you would um, clear a path for me put a hedge of protection we plead the blood of jesus to cover us father remember whenever you're calling on the Holy Spirit you're going to become under you're going to come under attack but this is that moving from milk to meat listen as long as we're on the milk Satan is fine with that but as we begin to go deeper as we begin to push in as, as we press in together and with God and with the Spirit and we refine that walk with Christ he doesn't like that at all don't let him fight you Bind them in Jesus' name. Fill us with your presence, Holy Spirit. Continue to remind us that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness. Thank you for being with us this morning. And I pray that next week we would have the greatest revival Sunday and week that we've ever had at this church that Mike Adams is going to come. We pray for him right now as he begins to cross the, the country and, and uh, is going to come here, that he would bring a spirit-filled message. And uh, we're going to pause on this uh, Holy Spirit uh, series, but uh, we know that he's going to bring uh, some great spiritual talk with him, Father. Great teaching. So be with him. Let us have a great week that many lives will be changed, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Just a reminder, next week is going to be a revival. Mike Adams is going to be here. Pray this week for that, would you? Um, every day, Holy Spirit, clear the atmosphere, right? And, and if you have friends that, that uh, you would like to bring, let them know, and you can look them up online, Mike Adams. In fact, we'll put something on our, our website this week. Uh, he is, he's a great speaker. Uh, he is uh, comedic. Like he, He'll be funny. It's the craziest thing is he'll get, get you laughing and then boom, here comes Jesus and like, it's great. I love it. Um, so bring some friends. He's, he's, he'll be good, entertaining, spirit-filled, uh, Jesus-centered speaking. Uh, it'll be Sunday morning and then Sunday night at 6 and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night at 6.30. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, there will be a meal previous at 5.30. So if you want to come straight from work, we'll be serving uh, some food and We'll have a great time together. So I've kept you long enough. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here, and I can't wait to see you again next week. <laughs>